0: Some people take the straight path in life. But at Arizona State University, we respect your twists and turns. They make our online students more driven to excel in their professional lives. That's why our personalized suite of services empowers you with innovative resources and staff that sticks with you. Make your next turn with one of our 300-plus programs at ASU, number one in innovation for nine consecutive years. Visit us at asuonline.asu.edu to learn more.
1: welcome to Ambo TV each week we bring you dynamic sermons from next generation pastors from across the country and as always they're bringing a fresh new style to the Word of God and then we discuss them right here in studio how cool is that it's like Bible study from home I'm your host Dean hashtag blessed Windsor and we have another exciting show for you today we have sermons from Florida and Georgia also Ambo TV was on the red carpet for the Super Bowl gospel celebration, and we have some fun highlights that you'll only see right here. But first up is Pastor Corey Demel at Cape Christian Church in Cape Coral, Florida. His sermon is titled, Jumpstart. He wants to teach us how to jump start our life in the new year and new decade. This is a great sermon reminding us to plug into God as we move toward our goals. And next we go to Loganville, Georgia with Pastor Dustin Barker at Elevation Point Church. His sermon is called Press On, and he wants to inspire us to continue to move forward and not give up no matter how bad it may look. Then we're going down south to Forsyth, Georgia with Pastor Chris Emmett. He's in their overrated series, and he's talking about worry. He has great advice on how to fight the temptation to worry. And trust me, I know it's a big one. Lastly, our correspondent Kia Hinton was in Miami for the Super Bowl Gospel Celebration, and she was able to chat with some of the artists. So stick around to see the highlights. I'll be joined in studio by one of our favorite pastors, Ashley Abercrombie of Liberty Church in downtown Manhattan. She's going to help me break down these messages. But right now, let's go to Cape Coral with Pastor Corey.
0: So I go on social media sometimes. I don't post a lot, but I look at stuff. I guess that makes me a creep. Don't care. Um, I'm your pastor. I need to check in on y'all. Uh, I'm like, Lord help 'em. You know. Um, but I've noticed this trend all year. I go on Facebook or Instagram, and it is the ultimate highlight reel. Like some of y'all, I'm like, I want your kids. I want your life. I want your vacations. It's like best trip ever. Disney trip. Graduation. It's like. Thanksgiving was chaotic, but there was one five-second moment where everybody smiled and looked, and somebody took a picture, and you're like, we had the best Thanksgiving ever. And the kids graduated, and he hit the winning shot, and state championships, and got to promotion, and got to retire, and, and like this whole, like, all your lives are like, my gosh, my people, like my church is amazing. I am like I love your highlight reel. And then something happens the last week of the year, and I can't explain it. But I go from these highlight reels, and everybody posts the same thing. 2019 was the worst year ever. I can't wait for it to be over. I can't wait for 2020 to start. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, wait, which is it? It's like, I see. 357 days of a highlight reel, and then on December 31st, it's like, worst year ever, can't wait for it to be behind me, 2020 is gonna be better. But here's what's crazy, I've been watching y'all for a while. You said the same thing in 2018, and in 2017, and in 2016, and in 2015. So every year you have this highlight reel on social media, yet it was the worst year ever. Either all of y'all are having the worst year and it just keeps getting worse, or you need to pick one. I don't really care, just pick one and go with it. but I do believe it's because we, we're, we're hardwired, different ones of us, to remember different things. And I think that's why uh, we were starting this series called Jumpstart. Because here's what's, here's what's true: whether it's the last decade or the last year, here's what's true. Things have changed, you have probably changed. And so if that's true from last year, if it's true from 10 years ago, I think it's safe to assume that that will also be true next year and it'll be true in the next decade. So one inevitability, one thing that we all have in common is that things and we are going to change. Now, what's going to make a difference is some of us are gonna change on accident and some of us are gonna change on purpose. Some of us are going to want to have a say and dictate who we want to be and put some things in place in our lives, whether it's relationally, spiritually, financially, or, or whatever it may be, or some of us, we're just going to continue to kind of take what comes to us. And I believe that while change is inevitable, you can actually be in charge of and change on purpose. So my question is, as we start this first weekend of the year, this first weekend of a new decade, if, if change is inevitable, why don't we just decide we're going to change on purpose? Like let's let's change on purpose. Let's be who God made us to be. Let's live the lives He's called us to live. It doesn't mean they're always easy or perfect, but it means there's something, there's purpose in all of these things. And so, um, why not? Let's 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 say, hey, if change is going to happen, I embrace it. And the statistics show that 12% of people enjoy change, and like 88% don't like. And the 88% of you, you hate the 12% of us. Uh, uh, it's just true. Um, uh, but but Paul who writes to the the new church, the church as it started, he was one of the founders of the church. He writes about this idea and he tells us what to do and he kind of gives us a a key of how to embrace change and kind of embrace the idea that if I'm gonna change, I wanna change on purpose. And he writes a letter to this church in Philippi and he says this, he's talking about like attaining like all there is to life. And he says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of all of it. He's like, I don't have this whole thing figured out. But he says, but one thing I have kind of figured out, one thing I do, He says, forgetting what is behind. Say forgetting. Forgetting "Forgetting what is behind. Say behind. Behind. And straining towards what is ahead. Say ahead. And he goes on and he says, I press on. Say "Press press on. Towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. See, here's what Paul is saying. He's saying, I know that in Christ, in God, there is something, there's a, a me I'm supposed to be, there's a life I'm supposed to live, and he has called me to something greater. And so I'm gonna move away from my past and towards what I'm future. Now go back to verse 13 because I want you to understand something. That is a terrible word, forgetting. It's poorly translated. It's not at all what we know that word. In our language, the word forget means to not remember something important. We talked about that last week in our our online service. Paul actually is using a, a, a combination Greek word here that has two meanings. And that word forgetting isn't like, oh my gosh, we forgot the kid at the store. I forgot to pay the bills. That's not what he's talking about. Because the reality is, some of you have some things that have happened in your past, this past decade or this past year, you'll never forget. You've had some loss, you've had some traumatic things, you've maybe had some great things, you've had some children, you've adopted children, you've gotten promotions, your business went better. You'll never forget. Paul isn't saying, yeah, yeah, just pretend like it never happened, just wish it away. That's not what Paul's saying. This word, it's epilanthano, and what it has is this connotation of we're gonna intentionally move away from one thing and towards another. And the thing that you're gonna intentionally move away from is something that is past, that is obsolete, that can no longer anything be done about it. Do you hear that? So Paul isn't saying, oh, just pretend your past never happened. But what he's saying is, what good will you do to dwell upon and worry about things that have happened? Rather, make an intentional move to move towards and strive for the things that God has for you in the future. And so what he's saying is, "Let's." and then while we move away from that, let's move towards this. And so while your past may affect your now. It may, it may have some impact on where you're at and where you're going. The, the, the reality that Paul is saying and the reality that I want you to know and I believe there's people that need to hear this is this. Your past does not dictate your future. Your past does not dictate. Some of you have a past you would do anything to rewrite. And some of you, I believe the devil has had his way in your life enough where he's convinced you because you've only failed at relationships and had this going on and you have these issues and you still have this habit, this addiction, you will, this is what the devil do, you will always be dot, dot, dot. And Jesus says, that's not why I came. That's not why I lived. That's not why I died. And that's not who I made you to be. Your past does not have to dictate your future. And I think... That God wants some of us very much to know, some of you, this is what you need to get out of this week and this series, is that that God wants you to know as you start a new life, as you start a new year, as you start a new decade, your past is not going to necessarily dictate your future. It might, but it doesn't have to.
1: All right, Pastor Corey and Pastor Ashley, joining me today. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be back with yes, you guys. Happy to I always have you.
2: love being here. Yay. <laughs> All right.
1: So let's dive in. Let's go right into yeah. the, this clip now. Pastor Corey is talking about how forgetting is a huge mm. part of self of self growth. Rather, mm. so how like where can we find like biblical instruction mm. on being better forgivers and forgetters?
2: Well, one of the things I learned is that when I walk in forgiveness, it doesn't automatically erase my memory. Like I'm not able to just suddenly forget things that happened or forget wounds or forget Mm. pain or forget disappointment. But God does give us instruction that when we are able to forgive others, it begins to sort of rewrite the story, which he took, he talked about a little bit. Like I can even think about some of the people who wounded me growing up. And then when I look back now at that time, I can see the context of their life. I can see the stress they were under. I can see the pain that they were under. I can see that so much of their reactions to me was not personal to me, but it was actually more about them and what they were going through. So I think forgiveness has this beautiful way of helping us see things more clearly and helping us acknowledge what um, we, we are able to move forward from because there's power in forgiveness. Forgiveness. It doesn't erase our memory, but there's power in letting go and moving ahead and focusing on the future rather than dwelling in the past.
1: Okay, I love that <laughs> so much. All right, see, and there's also a degree of empathy that goes along with that too. And uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break, but we'll be right back with more Pastor Ashley and Ambo TV. Welcome to AMBO TV, bringing you next generation pastors from across the country before the break. We are checking out Pastor Corey Demel, but right now I want to get to Pastor Dustin Barker. Let's go ahead and check him out.
3: We get so busy in turning God into our genie that gives us whatever we want that we miss the opportunity to pursue him the way we're called to pursue him. God is not our genie. He's our partner. We are to be in partnership with him, to pursue him. He loves his children too much to allow us to just kind of coast through life. He loves his children too much to allow us to just kind of just be like, eh, you know, whatever. It is what it is. I'm going to heaven, though. I'm going to heaven. you going to heaven? Cool. We're going to heaven together. But, I mean, I'm not doing anything else his word says while I'm here because I'm going to heaven. Paul says, no, no, no. There's more. See, you've, you've been wanting more but you haven't been pursuing more. Because whether you realize it or not, the truth is every single person in this room, every single person joining us online, we know that there's more. We know there's more. You know that there is more to life than the part that you're living. You know that there is something greater to your life than where you're at. This is why many of us are frustrated. And hopefully you are frustrated because if you're not frustrated, then you don't have drive to see more. So hopefully you're at a point where you're like, I don't know what it is, but there's something missing in my life. Got my rock with Christ, but there's more. There's more. This is where I am as your pastor. I'm like, there's more. There's more. We're seeing people Reach Christ, come into a relationship with Christ 2019. Saw 78 people make a commitment of their life to Christ. Awesome things. That's where it starts. But there's more. There's more. God said, go and make disciples. I don't believe that we should just stop at seeing people meet Jesus and then just, all right, good job. You're on your own now. There's more. There's more. We have to be a church of more. We have to be a church that says, God, help me to grow into more. Help me to reach more, to see more. Because the truth is we know that there's more, but you will never see more if you don't pursue more. We think that we could just sit there and everything just happens. We gotta pursue. (coughs) It's in our pursuit. When Nicole and I were dating, I knew that I wanted more. I didn't want to be her friend. I didn't want to be her boyfriend. I wanted to be her husband. So I was like, I know that there's more, right? So what did I do? I pursued more. Started showing up with flowers. Started texting her in the morning, hey, beautiful. I pursued more. I didn't just sit by and just like hope that she would just one day call me wanting to marry me, I pursued more. I put together a big plan of how I was going to propose. We got the limo to pick her up. I had the signs reminding her of all of our big steps throughout our relationship. It brought her to the place. I had her bought a new dress. I had her some shoes. I had her some jewelry that she was able to put on to show up. Of course she knew what she was coming to do, but it's okay. I had all these things. She shows up, she's walking through all these areas, and then she comes, and I'm under this big seat. Why? Why did I do all that? Because I was pursuing more than where we were at. I said, I know that we're in a relationship, but I want to be in a relationship. I want more. I want more. But more is at the end of your pursuit. See, if I never would have pursued more, I never would have seen more.
1: All right. Uh Pastor Dustin Barker babe, I love you so much. Uh he got the stretch limo. I put my <laughs> wife's ring in a cupcake and she almost oh.
2: choked and died, but that's a
1: that's a story for Good another work. show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so should I be pursuing my relationship with God the same way that I pursued my wife when I was trying to get her to marry
2: me? You know what, I love this question. Also, I don't know that I'm ever gonna forget that story. Cupcake, that was amazing. (laughs) Yes, so I think that the point maybe he's trying to make is that we put a lot of effort into starting something, we put a lot of effort into getting something, we put a lot of effort into the beginnings of things. Okay. And I think sometimes in the beginning of our relationship, just like at the beginning of your relationship with your wife and the pursuit of her and the yeah. engagement story, it's all like, I'm going all out. I'm okay. spending all my energy. I'm spending all my money. I'm spending all my time, my creative efforts to, to put into this pursuit. And then I think over time, we're really tempted with God to go, that was really great at the beginning. And now yeah. I'm just going to maintain this or I'm going to shrink back. And I think sometimes we forget that God is Emmanuel God, which means that God is with us. And so he's with us when we work. He is with us with our family. He is with us when we go about our day-to-day life. He's with us in every single moment. So we are working with him, alongside him. We don't have to like beg him for bread. And you know, this yeah. guy up there, like at the beginning was talking about the genie versus the, the partner. Yeah. You know, he's not just like, God, I really need this. And that's the only time we can ever talk to him. But he's in relationship with us consistently, just like your wife is yeah, in relationship with you consistently. It's got to be annoying too,
1: though. So like, <laughs> if he's walking with us constantly and then we forget and like we're in yeah. something and we forget i definitely want to circle back to that but right now i want to head over to Forsyth, georgia with pastor chris emmett let's go check him out
4: and so jesus is out there he's out outdoors and, and you can go there and, and to where they think the sermon on the mount was and it's gorgeous you are on this mountain you oversee the sea of galilee and he, he's sitting down and he goes look, look at the lilies and jesus could have just like like picked up the lilies and gone look 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 at the birds, and Jesus could have literally pointed to the birds, and he begins to point to things and go, "God cares for them. He cares for the birds. He cares for the flowers." And he goes, "You are so more valuable to God than the birds and the flowers." And his logic goes that, if God cares for them, then He certainly cares for you." And my guess is, he probably got a few nods. And then he asks this question, He goes, "Why do you have so little faith? First idea, I'd love for you to write down at least think about is simply this: is to know and trust that God is in control. Know and trust that God is in control, and I think the first part, knowing, is easier than the second part, trusting. Like especially since we live in the South, if you said God is in control, I think most people went, "Oh yeah, 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 I know, I know, God's in control, God's in control, I get it." But it's to know and to trust. And so he goes, "Hey, look around. Look at the birds. Look at the flowers." He could have he said, look at the trees, and we could say, look, look at, the, look at the, the water, look at the lakes, look at, look, at the, look at creation, look at nature, what God has created. He cares for that. And He goes, you're way more valuable than the birds and the flowers. We know that. And he goes, where is your faith? Why do you have so little faith? Next time worry begins to creep in, know and trust that God is in control. Like, understand that. Life is bigger than you. It's bigger than that moment. It's bigger than that worry. And the good news is there's a God of the universe that knows you and loves you and cares about the things that you worry about and is in control of the things that you worry about, the things that you can't control, where we replace with worry because it gives us false sense that we can control. God's going, I'm in charge created the birds. I created the flowers. I care for you. I am in control. Know that and trust that. A preacher I got into listening lately, if you're looking for a fresh voice to listen to, his name is Ben Stewart. He's out of Washington, D.C. area, pastors a church up there. and He talks about this idea and I'll just kind of paraphrase what he said. But he said this, he said, you know, we trust God with eternity, but we fail to trust him with tomorrow. We trust God with eternity, but we fail to trust Him with our finances. We trust God with eternity, but we fail to trust Him with our marriage. We trust God with eternity, but we fail to trust Him with our school. We trust God with eternity, but we fail to trust Him with our daily lives. God, I get it. I, get, I believe you died on the cross. You're buried and came back to life. I placed my faith in you. I get you. You're, you, you're taking care of heaven. But I'm not sure you understand the problem that I'm worried You have not worked for my boss, Lord. Lord, have you taken the SAT lately? It's really difficult. Lord, are you familiar with this thing called Hope Scholarship? It's a whole thing. Lord, are you familiar with social media? I'm not. There's a lot of things out there. And so, God, I'm trusting with eternity. Yep, heaven, I, that's awesome. I'm, I'm in. But, Lord, there's this thing that's out of my control, and I'm not sure you know what to do. Jesus is going, whoa, 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 whoa. He cares for the birds, and he cares for the flowers. You're far more valuable. Where is your faith? No, understand mentally and in your heart, and trust, and that's the action, that's the obedience, going, God, I can't control this, but I'm trusting that you are in there, and I'm going to back away, and I'm going to lead this in your hands. I've done all I can do. I'm trusting you're gonna work it out.
1: Pastor Chris Emmett, getting really deep here. So we trust God with eternity, but not with tomorrow. Like, phew, mind blown, because that's real. I mean, bills and everything, So, and, and I get nervous. So how how do I kind of lean on God more like what what advice would you give me to lean on God instead of lean on my own worry
2: well there's this great passage in Philippians that I think goes alongside this really beautifully and it basically says do not worry it says to tell God everything okay. it says be anxious for nothing tell God everything and thank him in everything and then the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so I think there's this real discipline we have to cultivate in ourselves where we are telling God what we need because it's a relationship. We're not just trusting Him with eternity. We're trusting Him with right now, which means we're connected to Him right now, not just in eternity. And then we are thanking Him. God, thank you for what I do have. Because gratitude helps us realize I have what I need. I'm going to be okay. Today there's a roof over my head for most of us. We're figuring that out. But like when you thank God, something happens in your heart where you become content with what you do have instead of worrying about what you don't have. And the peace of God comes. It's yeah, powerful. I think that,
1: it, that's about like appreciation too. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, because I, I think a lot of the times we don't appreciate, you know, the little tiny things that totally. we have. I mean, even waking up in the morning, totally. you know, I had to literally stop putting my phone. Stop looking yeah. at my phone first thing and thanking God. Yeah, that's You know, good. just for opening my eyes. Yeah. So are there more little things that you think we should focus on and, and give more thanks
2: for. Well, I definitely think some of the practices that you're talking about, I mean, I think the phone, yeah. if you're constantly on it, that thing is like an anxiety inducing heart attack waiting to happen. <laughs> you know, like if exactly. you weren't worried before you picked it up, you're worried you're now. Worried now. <laughs> yep. And then I think having rhythms of communicating to others, being in community with others, being with people is a great reminder to us that we're going to be okay. When we're isolated and alone and anxious, all right. then we are worried all the time.
1: Okay. <laughs> this is great advice. Focus on God and your fellowship and then uh, worries, not so much. And uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break, but we'll be right back with more Ambo TV. Welcome back to Ambo TV, bringing a fresh new style to the Word of God. Before the break, we were checking out Pastor Chris Emmett, but right now I want to get back to Pastor Corey Demo.
0: But, but, but for some of us we need to before we go, the, we'll go there But some of us we need to understand in order to fix the right problem you gotta bring it to the right person some of us our lives are like that our, our hearts, our relationships are like that car and we keep taking it to the wrong mechanic and the wrong mechanic and we keep taking it to these experts and we do all the things and listen there's a place for pastors and there's a place for self-help books and there's a place for counselors I believe in all that but none of them, none of them, none of them are a substitute and can offer what Jesus does and the best ones will just help you connect to Jesus, not try to be Jesus for you. Hear that. The best ones will just plug you to the. Con- you plugging into me while I'm plugging into Jesus isn't gonna do you very good. But me helping you plug into Jesus, that's what needs to happen. And some of you, you're desperate, like she's desperate. For a new leaf, a new year, a new decade. You're desperate to forget what's behind and move ahead. Well, maybe, just maybe, rather than go to all the so-called experts and go to what everybody else says about relationships and with all the other business guys and, and cut a corner to get ahead, maybe, just maybe, Jesus has always had what you've always been looking for. And in your desperation, if you reach out, he can do more in an instant than all the experts can do in a lifetime. And that's what, that's what this story is. But what I love about this story is it doesn't end there. Because some of us, you would do well to start by going, I got to connect to the power source. This year is going to be about me going, man, I'm going to connect to Jesus. But the story doesn't end there because the woman came for a, a healing. She wanted the bleeding to stop. But here's what I love about Jesus. He wasn't just concerned about her bleeding. He was concerned about all the side effects too. When you come to Jesus, you always get more than you bargained for. Do you hear that? Because watch, her goal was to get healed and she planned to quietly and secretly escape and she would know and Jesus knows. But Jesus, the story doesn't stop there. It doesn't say, and then another time, there's more to this story. In fact, it says at once, Jesus realized power had just went out of him. So Jesus is getting pushed against and bumped against and all of a sudden he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Somebody just plugged into me. Somebody just Somebody just reached out to me and it wasn't like two people like bumping into each other. Somebody just plugged into my power source. He literally literally says, I felt power go out from me. And then he turned around and asked the dumbest question Jesus ever asks in the whole gospels. Who touched me? You know, I picture like me and my brother and cousins like, get off me. You know, like, like who touched me? To which the disciples basically answer like, are you serious right now? You're usually really smart and have really great wisdom bombs, but you're gonna ask us that right now. Everybody touched you. I touched you. Thomas bumped into me. Him and Nathaniel were fighting. I put, we're trying to keep all these people up off of you. She touched you. Everybody touched you. What do you mean who touched you? But see, he wasn't just saying, ah. Oh. He wasn't like, Ugh, who touched me? He's like, no, 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 no. There's something else going on here. Somebody recognizes me as the answer to their problem. Somebody recognizes me as the savior of their soul. Somebody knows I can bring the healing and the, and the, and the dignity, and the, I can bring, I have what they're looking for. Somebody is so desperate, they're putting everything they have in me, and I felt power go. Who touched me? And they were like, Yeah, nobody, Lord, go on. But Jesus wouldn't leave it alone. And this is where it gets really, really good. Because in verse 33, it says, Jesus kept looking, or 32, th- kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. Why was she trembling? She just contaminated the whole community. And you never ever touched a rabbi. You would not touch the man of God. Because, with, because if you were dirty, anything that you touched would become dirty. Okay? Here's the difference with Jesus. When you bring your junk to Jesus, you don't make him dirty. He makes you clean. See this is why I love
1: Ambo, we, we go over these stories like the woman with the issue of blood and I'm learning new things constantly so mm-hmm. she was healed, Jesus mm-hmm. performed a miracle without even knowing it, without even looking at this woman he performed mm-hmm. a miracle. So is the takeaway from this that Jesus doesn't necessarily have to you know completely pay attention to you in order mm-hmm. to save you, you just have to be in his presence and you have to believe in him, is that kind of the, the takeaway?
2: Well, I think the powerful thing about this is that, yes, his presence is so powerful. And every time we have access to his presence, we have access to healing. But the most beautiful thing about this is not that he didn't want to acknowledge her because he said, who touched me? Mm. He publicly acknowledged her. I want to acknowledge that I healed you. I want to acknowledge that you're a daughter. I want to acknowledge that even though you're a woman in this culture, and normally that would not be okay for you to do what you just did, I want you to know it's okay. And I wanted to heal you and you are healed and let it go well with you. And so it's a really beautiful story of God paying attention to us because he wants to
1: (laughs) shout out to the, to the women of the Bible. Let's give a quick shout shout out out to to the Marys.
2: Yes. Yeah. Can we give a shout out to Mary
1: Magdalene and mother Mary? Yeah, absolutely. I I don't think Hmm. that women do get enough, Hmm. you know, shine in the Bible, but here on Ambo, we definitely do. We focused on Ruth in another episode. Mm. So I, I think that the women of the Bible bring such you know, clarity to stories, especially like this. Mm. So besides, you know, Jesus healing her and saying, No, oh, who touched me? And there was this big commotion going on. Do you think that, because she was a woman that there was it added more significance to the you know this kind of this
2: miracle of course yeah i mean women weren't allowed to they had no real place in society they had no cultural presence it was a a major male-dominated society and so for her to push past all those boundaries and for jesus to say that was okay for her yeah is he's acknowledging, he's raising up the dignity of women in society.
1: That's right. You already here. The Bible is <laughs> definitely a woman empowerment book. And with that being said, we're going to jump over to Pastor Dustin Barker. Let's go ahead and check him out.
3: So the next thing I need you to see is take hold. Take hold. Paul, he said in verse 12, not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I take hold of that for which Christ took hold for me. Paul said, Jesus, the Savior of the world, took hold of me. How much more so should I want to take hold of what He has to offer? He came down to this earth and took hold of my life, how much more so should I want to pursue and to take hold of all that he has to offer? But I have to press on. I have to press on because it's not not easy. I have to press on because I don't always get it right. I have to press on because it's not just happening easily and always there. I have to press on because I haven't arrived yet. I haven't arrived. And church, hear me on this. And please don't get upset. Please don't, you know... Start throwing things at me. But, but the truth is, despite what you think, you have not arrived yet. You haven't arrived yet. I haven't arrived yet. I don't care if you've been in church five minutes. I don't care if you've been in church 50 years. You have not arrived yet. Paul said, the more I get to know him, the more there is to know you haven't arrived yet, despite, I know this weird, right? Because we walked in here, some of us walked in and we were like, hey, you know, I got my new, my new Christmas clothes on, right? I've arrived, I'm looking good, I'm feeling good. And, and now you got to find out, like, you haven't arrived yet. But it's true. Nobody in this room, nobody joining us online has arrived yet. None of us. Despite what your mama told you? My mama told me I arrived. But she's wrong. Only time in her life. She's wrong. She's wrong. Because there's still room for growth. There's still room for growth. No matter what anybody told you, you have not arrived yet because there is more. There is more. Again, somebody say there's more. There's more. more. See, Paul said, he said, I press on to take hold because I haven't already arrived yet. I haven't arrived yet. I want to arrive, but I haven't arrived yet. I want to get to that point, but I haven't arrived yet. I want to make it there. But I haven't arrived yet. And he said, he said I, may have, I may have been faced with some adversity, but I press on. I may have made some mistakes, but I press on. I might not have seen what I was hoping for, but I press on. I might be facing some resistance, but I press on. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ died for me. Now, when you take hold of something, when you take hold of it, like I mean really take hold of it, you don't let it go. Put the ring on Nicole's finger. I took hold. Ain't no other man, nobody else in the world, even if I die.
1: <laughs> Y'all are like, oh, okay.
3: I was like, I pursued and I took hold. Because when you take hold of something, you don't let it go. When you take hold of something, You're not playing games. Think about it like this. If you're hanging on from a helicopter that has a little bit of rope that's tied to the helicopter and you go to fall out of the helicopter and grab onto that rope, you didn't just grab it. You took hold. You took hold. And you're like, I ain't letting this thing go. The helicopter may go down with me because I ain't going down by myself. I take hold. When you take hold, you're not playing games. When you take hold... You're not just messing around. In other words, you cannot take hold of what God has to offer while also holding on to what your old life has to offer.
1: All right, Pastor Dustin Barker talking about just, you know, kind of having this. I want to, I'm pulling a spiritual awakening from Hmm. this, right? So if we want to kind of move forward and and in Christ, Hmm. should we? Does that mean like leaving everything behind, like everything that we used to kind of identify as our former selves. So hmm. like, let's say, I don't know, I needed three cups of coffee in the morning. Like, is that something <laughs> that I also <laughs> need to leave behind because that's identified as my, li- my, my life before Christ, hmm. my BC life.
2: I think it depends on the person. You know, there's not a one-way formula to do anything. Like, if you go through the Gospels, Jesus never healed anybody anybody the same way twice. And so that's why He gives us the Holy Spirit. When He dies on the cross, He says the Holy Spirit will come and be with you. It's your advocate, your comforter, the one who talks to you, the one who leads you, the one who guides you. And so each person will be with God in His presence and He can share with you what you might need to change. Like for you, three three cups of coffee might be no big deal. For me, it might be a real stronghold in my life that I need to get rid of. So it depends on the person, but the Holy Spirit leads us. um, What we need to change, how we need to grow, what things can be redeemed and restored, what relationships to keep, what relationships to let go of, what habits are hurting us, or maybe they're not even hurting us, but they're really just not that helpful. The Holy Spirit is the one who helps us grow and change
1: okay i love that and mm-hmm. so this it can be a thing with people too though because so, you spoke about relationships yeah. so yes. if you gotta you know cut somebody off or go somebody yes. it can be okay right yeah yes right. it can
2: sometimes that's
0: necessary all right sometimes <laughs>
1: it's necessary you heard it here from pastor ashley we're gonna go ahead and take another break but we'll be right back with more ambo tv hey
0: what up this is your boy ricky smiley and this is ambo tv
1: Welcome back to Ambo TV, home of the Next Generation Pastors. Before the break, we were checking out Pastor Dustin Barker, but right now I want to get back to Pastor Chris Emmett. Totally up to you. It's up to your discretion. You can spend the next year worrying about
4: all the things you can't control. Finances, job issues, relationships, school, stock market, whatever it is that keeps you awake at night, you can worry about all those things that you can't control or You can trust God who is in control with all those things that you're worried about. A humble suggestion I would make would be to trust God. Leave the worries, the issues, the anxieties, the concerns to him. And I promise you, you will find a peace that passes all understanding, as the Bible says. And the way that I describe that is just, it's that peace that our own minds can't comprehend. That when you're walking through difficulties, when you're walking through troubles, when you're walking through the uncertainty, and everybody looks and goes, why are you so calm? You're going, I don't really know, but I'm just trusting that God is in control. That is a peace that passes all human understanding. And the only way you and I can experience that is when we trust God with our worries, concerns, and the things we can't control. I'll finish with this. And it's something that I've been praying for you this week. And it's one of my favorite verses, but I've been praying it over you this week. And it's Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. My prayer for you has been this that you would trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. That's my prayer for 2020 for you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart seek his will in every area of your life and all the things that you don't know if you would seek him if you would search after him he would show you which path to take
1: i love this prayer that pastor chris and i want to live it so bad i do but i'm also worried because i know that in those moments where a bill comes in or maybe i did my taxes wrong like i go into panic mode and then that lasts for about 30 minutes and then i'm like okay god It's in your hands now like is that bad that immediately I go into panic mode instead of immediately going to God?
2: Well, I don't know if bad is the right word because I think that we can't help what we're tempted by. And so we have to respond to our temptations instead of worrying about what they are or shaming ourselves. Because we have temptations, we have to respond to them in a healthy way. So it sounds like your response 30 minutes later is that you get connected with God. You calm yourself down. You're less anxious. You are more readily able to say, God, I know you're going to take care of me. I know you've got this. It's going to be okay. And so I think that's not too bad of a process. And, you know, maybe over time it'll go to 20 minutes. That it'll go to 15 minutes, okay. then it'll go down to zero. But I don't think you can shame yourself for what you're tempted for or tempted by. I think we just have to constantly remind ourselves God is good and He's changing us all the time. And we don't have to bow to our temptations. We can actually not yield to worry and begin to step into faith and trust that God's going to take care of us.
1: So now expanding on that, mm-hmm. like how can we like better just kind of be more trusting in God and and just more that he's definitely got the wheel and he's gonna like is there anything that you can tell me to turn to like turn to this chapter in the Bible and that's gonna like kind of to help you get through
2: it? Something I learned from my spiritual director. I mean, obviously, there's a, a million passages on peace, but something I learned from my spiritual director is something called a breath prayer. Okay. And so, in temptation, you can have a breath prayer that you utter. So, maybe it's just, God, I have love mercy this. on Keep me. Going. Yes, Lord, nice. help me to walk in your peace. God, you are the Prince of Peace. Lord, I'm going to lean not on my own understanding, and all my ways I'm going to acknowledge you. And it's just a breath prayer. It's something very simple, or it's the word love, or it's just a simple phrase, or it's part of a scripture, or it's a whole verse that you utter that helps you center yourself on what truth is in the moment where you feel afraid.
1: Yes, thank you so much for that, Pastor Ashley. A breath prayer, something that's new to me and something I'm definitely gonna start to practice. Right now, we have a special treat for you guys. Our correspondent in Miami, Kia Hinton, was at the Super Bowl Gospel Celebration and she got to interview some of the artists. So let's go ahead and throw it over to her and check it out.
5: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your girl Miss Kiki with Ambo TV, and I am here in the beautiful Miami Beach, Florida, at the 21st annual Gospel Celebration, y'all. We have an amazing lineup tonight, and I cannot wait to show y'all the highlights of this evening. Stay tuned. Hey, yeah, come on, Miss Melanie. How you doing? Gorgeous. You look stunning. Thank you. Do you hear me? Stand right here for me. I can get a better okay. shot of you. Okay. Yes. Okay. Now, tell me something. Like, I know that you started this whole organization. Like, how did you build the courage to just step out on faith and do something? And did you even think that it was going to be this big? I never knew. I had been coming to Super Bowl as a young girl, not too far out of college. Well, yeah, a little bit out of college. I ain't going to lie. Uh, and I couldn't understand that why there wasn't a, um, a gospel event surrounding Super Bowl. It's every other kind of party that you can think of. And I said, I want, you know, I wish there were a Super Bowl gospel. So I wrote the NFL for seven years from 1990 to 1998. So really 1991 to 1998 So I had seven years of rejection letters. And then it came to pass in 1999. And so to see your baby grow into this huge event now where everyone that star studied, like, are you a proud mama? I'm pretty sure. Damn, because it's like 21. You legal now. Yes. How are you doing, Uncle Ricky? Can I call you Uncle Ricky? Okay, awesome. So stay right here for me. I want to get a whole shot of you. So ever since Tom Jordan has gone out the air, I've enjoyed listening to you and your crew in Orlando. So I'm in the Orlando market. Yes. Shout out to 102 Jams, where we started in Orlando. Yes, 102 Jams, you yeah. hit us. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. So I am. Shout out to the Hulk roller coaster at Islands of Adventure. Adventure. Uh-huh. Shout out to the Muntu, the Kumba. I know
0: all the roller oh. coasters. Shout out, to all- shout out to the Spider-Man ride, oh, ride. at I- Islands of Adventure. I yeah. know all the rides.
5: So I take it that you are an adventurous man, obviously. OK, so how, how has your life been so adventurous to lead you up to this point? Like, did you ever think that you would be the Ricky Smiley and- and hosting so many different events.
0: Uh, yeah, I used to get in trouble for uh, messing up good notebook paper, practicing autographs since the fourth grade. I knew I was
5: gonna do something, but I thought it was gonna be a musician because I started out as a minister of music. Yeah. And then I thought I was gonna play football, so, you know. Hey, Hey. Miss Yolanda. How you doing? Mm -hmm. You are gorgeous. Let me just tell you this. Listen, so I just want to know. I know everybody's talking about your music, right? And you're performing tonight. But I want to know about these handbags. Y'all know she has her own handbag. Yes. Yes. So how was that even birthed? Like what made you step out of music and just get into fashion? Well, you know, I am able to have shoes, bags, and all of that kind of stuff match. And I wanted something that my, you know, my core audience could have multiples of not have to worry about paying $1000 for them you know you know and and then there's the sa- they're the same quality okay we have the same manufacturers we have the same you know folks as some of the higher ends but you know at a, at a a more discounted price so you don't have to say oh, look do i eat lunch today or do i buy a bag you know You can do both
3: yes you sure can
5: I am with the beautiful Leandria Johnson. How you doing, beautiful? Good. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you, sis. Okay. So listen, I have the utmost respect for you as a person, as an artist, um, and just as like a Christian woman. So I know that it's been difficult for you over the years. How do you continue to just push forth and bring forth good quality music from your soul despite what like people say? Well, um, you got to trust God and then you have to have a relationship with God, the God inside of you, you know, and um, know that there are gonna be some ups and downs, but you gotta keep moving forward. If you give up, you'll never know, you know, what what was meant and what's there for you. So you just gotta keep moving. And then a lot of people are not gonna agree with everything that you're doing, but everybody have their right to their opinion. And sometimes that's all it is, is their opinion. You know, but you just got to keep moving and keep striving and don't give up. I don't want you to give up, so don't stop doing music. I want to continue seeing you on this red carpet, and I cannot wait to see you perform tonight, okay? God bless you. Awesome. And there you have it, folks. That was the 21st annual gospel celebration here in the beautiful Miami Beach, Florida. As you can see, the carpet was flooded. They're actually getting ready to clean up. So now I have to wrap up. But thank y'all so much for kicking it with your girl, Miss Kiki, here on the red carpet. I will see you guys next time.
1: Thank you so much, Kia. And we'll be right back with more Ambo TV.
5: Hey there, it's Yolanda Adams. This is Ambo TV.
0: We've tried, we've tried to do things our own way and we continue to have the same results. Maybe, just maybe this decade. I believe there's new life coming for so many of us. I believe there's something new turning spiritually. I believe there's something happening in this decade turning. There's something happening to those who would plug in and put their trust in Jesus. He's gonna do abundantly more than we could think or imagine. I'm not just saying that. I sense that when I pray. There's things that have laid dormant and dead and dreams that are gonna come alive if we would just allow ourselves to reach out and touch the true power source.
1: All right, Pastor Corey Demo wrapping it up for us on a very positive note. And like we do at the end of every show, I ask our guests to just give the uh, people at home a Bible passage that kind of ties in to what the pastor was talking about there.
2: Yes, so I think about the passage in Corinthians that talks about how God's grace is sufficient for us and that his power is made perfect in our weakness. And so I love that in our weakness, we're able to plug into God and Jesus and his presence and his power will bring peace. He will bring new life and new hope. And you don't have to be perfect and you don't have to be in control and you don't have to get it right because his power is made perfect through your weakness. His grace is sufficient for you.
1: That is awesome. <laughs> Pastor Ashley, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for being here. A fourth time, please come again.
2: I will, I love All right. this place. <laughs> awesome.
1: And to our partnering churches, Cape Christian Church with Pastor Corey, Elevation Point Church with Pastor Dustin, and Mountain Lake Church with Pastor Chris. Thank you guys for those inspiring messages. Please keep them coming. And thank you to our correspondent, Kia Hinton, for those exciting highlights from the Super Bowl Gospel Celebration. To see the complete sermons and other great sermons, head over to ambotv.com. We have some great content there for you guys and you can sign up for our daily newsletter. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Thank you guys for watching. Good night, and I'll see you next week.